Welcome to church this morning. Kia ora. Ew. Woo! Hi, Maya. Come on in. Guzzle your coffee down. Get a little over your shirt. Try to guzzle it down quick. We're about to praise our God. Come on in. Let's stand our feet. Are you ready? Let's praise our God because He is worthy this morning. He is always worthy, not just this morning. He is always worthy. He is good. We're going to sing in the river. All right. So let's take our step forward into the presence of God this morning. Let's lift His name up on high. Let's focus on Him and glorify His name this morning. You ready? All right.
fantastic we give you a very warm welcome to church this morning this is your first or second time at activate church wonderful to have you with us as you leave the auditorium this morning as you go through the auditorium doors on the right hand side you'll see a table there with a white pack you're very welcome to take one of those there's a free coffee card some information about the church and also the opportunity for you to fill in some information so we can get to know you a little bit better too so that would be fantastic so church can we put our hands together and welcome our visitors this morning right well who's had a wedding anniversary or a birthday over the last week well come on Wayne and Tina yes I've had a birthday too and Owen's had a birthday oh birthdays everywhere anniversary okay Richard Carter had a birthday this morning as well. Well, this week. This week. Yeah, same day as mine. How's that? 
Well, my second chocolate, that's going to be good, doesn't it? I'm going to ask Pastor Trevor if he would like to come and pray this prayer of blessing over us. Thank you, Pastor Trevor. Wow, all the celebrants. Are we all going to stand together and extend towards them? And let's read this prayer, shall we? Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. Thank you. You may take a seat. Well, I'd like to give a special welcome to Graham and Katie Mills. This is their first 1030 gathering since they've been back. So where are you, Graham and Katie? Wonderful. Let's put our hands together and welcome them to the 1030 gathering. Also, we welcomed the Nobelos who've been away for about three months at the 9am. And I saw Stephen. Stephen, there you are. And Ben, you've both been away for a number of weeks. Let's put our hands together and welcome both Stephen and Ben. Wonderful to have you with us. Pastor Sheridan and Jana in the UK with the national leadership team, um, gathering with other national leadership teams all around the world to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the apostolic movement. Isn't that awesome? And so uh, they're celebrating together and I know they'll come back with wonderful reports. Pastor Rex will be sharing a wonderful uh, message this morning about the history of not only the apostolic church, but the church since the time of Jesus. But it's my pleasure to invite Pastor Trevor He's going to share with us. Let's give him a warm welcome as he comes. Thank you, Trevor. Hi, everybody. Um, I want to just let you know a little bit about this. If you've had a flyer put in your hand, good. If you haven't, please, there's plenty more out there. Mark Powell was the CEO of the Warehouse Group up until uh, this year, earlier this year. <coughs> and he's coming here going to be in the auditorium here Thursday the 18th uh, and you are all welcome. It's been uh, sponsored by Vision College and Business Plus and uh, you are welcome to come at no cost. The $450 normal price has been deducted to zero, especially for you for that night. <clears throat> if you've hung around this church for a while, you will know that we're pretty passionate about seeing the kingdom of God being extended beyond the walls of the church and in fact we are really really keen about having leaders of the community being those who understand the kingdom of God so business plus is something that we're just kicking off at the moment and this night will be sort of the official uh, start date of business plus and if you have an interest in business development or as the plus suggests those in wider leadership in community circles whether it be professional or primary producers or whatever if you have an interest in being a leader in the kingdom of God then you are welcome to be part of business plus so that's Thursday <coughs> August the 18th, 7.30, and it will be a non-church type meeting here with a, a speaker who will appeal to your secular colleagues, bring your whole teams along. You can tell them you're bringing them to this $500 a night 
occasion and uh, we'll bring you, we'll accept you all as guests. Um, <clears throat> so that's going to be a great night. Thank you. Thank you, Trevor. Really encourage you to come along. It'll be a fantastic evening. Also, on August the 10th at 7 p.m., we have Rob uh, Berg with us. Rob is an award-winning singer-songwriter, and I've heard him before. He's, he's fantastic. So I really encourage you to come along and be part of that, and uh, you'll have a really enjoyable evening with Rob Berg. Well, children, time to go out and have an awesome time. Let's give them a hand, and the leaders, God bless you. Enjoy your time together in kids' church. Race and intermediates, you do an awesome job, leaders. We're really proud of you. Well, church, let's stand to our feet. You know, church, I woke this morning with a little bit of tight eyes, but once I sort of shook that off, I woke with this thought. I thought, Lord, I am so thankful to be alive. I am so thankful that this day I can live for you. May every breath that I take be for your glory. And that's how I started this day. I don't start every day like that, <laughs> but that's how I started this day. And I thought while we're here as we continue our worship, can you close your eyes and raise your hands to heaven? Father, we thank you for the incredible privilege it is to be called the children of God. And Lord, we're your family. And Father, as we come, Lord, into your presence to praise you, to worship you, May your presence come and refresh and restore and strengthen every one of us. Father, may your grace be upon us as we walk in the truth that you are God and God alone and that we are one with you as the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are one. So may we be one with you. Father, I thank you that you're for us. I thank you that you've forgiven us. I thank you that we stand in your presence, righteous, sinless, just as though we've never sinned, Lord, all because of the precious blood of Jesus. As far as the east is from the west, so you have separated us from our sins. And Father, may every sense of guilt and shame lift from us. And may we, Lord, rest in your presence, praising and worshiping and exalting your holy name. Thank you for such a time as this, in Jesus' name.
earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Every single the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
Express your heart to the Lord, to reach and to press into Him, and then the men are going to follow.
everything out for you. You have absolutely everything. Pick up what he has given you and walk with that and the authority and the understanding of his love. You lack nothing in him. He has everything for you. Absolutely everything. Everything. 
wisdom. He has kindness. He has goodness. He has love. He has anointing that is poured out over you to bring up the gifts that are placed within you. He has brought prophecy to some of you. He has, well, actually all of you. He has given you prophetic words for yourself and for others. He has poured out His anointing over you. And you just need to enjoy His presence. As you enjoy His presence, it will rise up and will bubble up inside you. And it will change the world around you because that's who He's created you to be. To be atmosphere changers, to be life changers. You are anointed by our God, the God of heaven, the God of earth. He has anointed you to be His child and to bring His life to this earth. Know what it is that He's put in you and never, ever give up on that. Reignite that fire that's within and never look back. Never look at what you don't have, but look at what He's given you. Look at what He's given you and use what He has and you will, you will move this nation. This nation is to be moved. This nation is to be brought up to a new level of understanding in Him. This nation is to understand the power and authority of the Almighty God. This is New Zealand. This is God's zeal land. It is incredible. It is His land. Enjoy being part of this because He needs us to be part of Him. Love on him. Thank you, Jesus. I'd just like to say this morning that um, um, the last 48 hours has just been incredible in my life. And without going into much detail, I just want to say um, for those of you that are doubting, keep on saying, um, I need change, I need change. God changed things in me. But you've got to surrender 100%. You can't rely on your own strength. Um, if you want that revelation, that change, the walk with God, you need to surrender 100%. So stop relying on yourself and rely on God because He wants to do great things in all our lives. And unless you rely on Him 100%, He can't let those things happen in your life. So I beg you all right now, not for myself, but for the Word of God, for the good of God. Rely on Him 100% and He'll move the mountains and beyond for each and every one of you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Is there one more woman here? One more woman who wants to share? like Ray, you know, I, I woke up this morning and there's been a lot going on in my life over the last 10 odd years. Um, and I woke up this morning with that sense of, aha, uh-huh, you know, everything is going to click into place. God has everything in plan, in order, and everything is going to come into place. All the stuff that didn't make sense in the past, all the stuff that still doesn't make sense, it's okay because God is going to click it all into place. You don't have the big picture. God has the big picture. He 
gives you one piece of the puzzle at a time. And at the beginning, it makes zero sense. But one day, it will make perfect sense because it is all from God. I came here thirsty today and I've been in the river and it is good, it is so good. I've been drinking deep and I hope you have because God is pouring out his blessing, he's pouring out his life and that prophetic word, you know, our encouragement, drink, step in, close your eyes and say, God, here I am. I'm so thirsty for more of you and sometimes we come to a place and we think, not quite sure what I need but when you get here and you taste the water that's offered man it feels good it feels so good drink deep because it's it's life giving thank you so much church can we put our hands together I want to really honor the woman in this place thank God for them and uh, yeah hallelujah Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful gift. We praise you, Lord. Father, I thank you for, for the wonderful woman in this place. Father, Lord, I pray a new sense of release for them. Father, I pray by the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the amazing destinies, the prophetic words. Lord, the gifts and talents, the capacity to preach, the capacity to lead. Father, I pray that, Lord, every ceiling, Lord, that would hold back would be smashed open today. And God, your open he uh, heaven would be released upon every woman and upon every man, Lord, every child, young and old, Lord, today, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to invite Grant to come. He's going to has a word to share. Um, I was, when Michelle was speaking, um, I uh, got a, um, something's been happening in my heart lately about, um, you know, God has given us enough in our spirits. We don't need any big theological talk or anything like that about um, how we live out our life and how we present God to the nation and to the people around us. So... Um, I, I got massive encouragement from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the message version, where um, Paul is speaking about, you know, you don't need to um, have all these deep things, but you, all you need to do is have Jesus in your heart, and he can do that through you. So um, as you go out your, about your day, just um, ask God to um, speak through and work in you, and... Um, you never know, you'll be changing the kingdom without even realizing it. Great. Is there one more man who wants to come and share? Come on, Doug. Yeah. Hey. When we were singing that song, I just really saw, like, lightning coming down through these guys and through us out to our city and it's like we are singing more of you God for our city and God needs us the Holy Spirit is launched through us through our church through our song through our worship to our city 
And I just really wanted to encourage you guys, you know, I just, the way you lead us, fantastic. And encourage you guys in your singing, you know, when the woman sang, uh, there was powerful stuff. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. And ladies, let's honor all the men here. They are awesome men of God. Fine men. Praise God for you in Jesus' name. Well, church, it's my pleasure to welcome Pastor Rex as he comes and shares. We honor you, Rex. We appreciate all that you are. You're a faithful man of God who's tested over many years, and we look to you with great admiration. So, church, let's put our hands together as Rex comes this morning. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. I want more of you, God. That's our prayer this morning. I want more of you, God. Amen. And as Grant said, you don't need any theological explanation. Uh, we've taken an extra 25 minutes for the worship dynamic and the sharing of body ministry. And uh, I hope you've already connected with God. So I could pronounce the benediction, we could all go home. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to wait for a sermon before you connect with God. But we won't be finishing until after midday today, so if the ladies have got the roast on. <laughs> Several years ago, Irene and I planned to be at the Apostolic Church Centenary Celebrations where Pastor Sheridan and Jan are at the moment in Cheltenham in the United Kingdom, just past the Cotswolds, northwest of London. And we wanted to be there. Uh, I've been in touch with Pastor Sheridan yesterday by email, and I'm so pleased that he is there and that they are touching some apostolic history because a few years ago at Tanikau, at the Bible school, Pastor Sheridan wrote one of his assignments about the history of the Apostolic Church. And uh, I took the basis of his assignment and uh, I produced a history of the Apostolic Church as a little pamphlet that we gave out to all of our leaders. And I've printed a few more off for today. And if anybody wants them, they can come to me and they can get one. But I, I, I celebrate with Sheridan and Jan and what they're involved in there. And I'm pleased for them. The annual Apostolic Church Conference in Pennygrose in Wales used to be a mecca for the denomination. Everybody wanted to go there at least once in their life. And Iron and I have been there several times. Uh, I gave a series of three Bible studies, one conference, and on another occasion I was the international guest speaker. And Iron and I have been involved with leadership, international leadership conferences in, in Jerusalem where she was the pianist, uh, been in Germany, in Denmark. And so we have collected on the way a whole bunch of international leaders. And uh, a lot of them are retired now. And we were looking forward to reconnecting with them, but unfortunately we couldn't get there. Not this time anyway. So I'm here. Maybe you could turn to somebody and say, well, it's good to have Rex here. <laughs> The Apostolic Church was one of the Pentecostal denominations that was spawned in the early 20th century. 
The church started in the United Kingdom and came to New Zealand in the early 1930s, so it's been here for about 80 years or more. Irene, my wife, was born into the Apostolic Church. Uh, she became a Christian later on. Her parents were recognized as Maori missionaries, and they worked in Kerikeri, Keri, and they conducted Sunday school meetings and uh, house group meetings among the Maori people up there. So Irene was raised in a micro-church environment. And Irene and I have been involved in ministry in the Apostolic Church for probably three-quarters of its existence here in New Zealand. And, and we have got um, couples like Trevor and Margaret Wilson down the back there, who've been involved with a long history of the church. And, you know, people like Trevor still going and making new initiatives. Aren't we, aren't we rich and wealthy as a church to have people like that uh, demonstrating a longevity in ministry? And as I said to the 9 o'clock service, you know, one of the most important things for a church these days is to have happy old people. Happy old people, which should give a demonstration to all the, the young people that this has got staying power. This is going to last me all of my life. Hallelujah. So our apostolic denomination is part of what is called the uh, Pentecostal movement, and it's part of God's restoration program, which was uh, mentioned in the New Testament by Peter. Acts chapter 3, verses 17 to 21 Peter described God's desire to restore everything before Jesus came back again. This is what he said in a sermon. Friends, I recognize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, the appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time of the final restoration of all things as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. So Peter prophesied a restoration movement and uh, the Pentecostal and Apostolic Church were part of that as we go on into the total restoration of all things before Jesus comes back again. So let me give you some church history. The New Testament church began at Pentecost in Jerusalem and quickly invaded the whole of the Roman Empire. Then about a thousand years later in 1054, there came what they call the Great Schism which was a separation between the Orthodox churches uh, in, and, the, and the Western Catholic churches. That still exists. There are many Orthodox churches, Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, Armenian Orthodox, and so on. Then about 500 years after that, in 1517, Martin Luther posted his 95 theses in Wittenberg in Germany and began the Protestant Reformation, and the, Pentecost, the, the, Protestants, the Protestants continued to protest among themselves 
and they multiplied all kinds of denominations. So there's hundreds of denominations among the uh, Protestants. The Catholics were wise enough after the Protestant uh, Reformation that they decided that any new move or initiative, they would just turn into a, a new order and keep them within their Catholic denomination. At the beginning of the 20th century, there was an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit, which was meant to be an empowering for the whole of the church. It was uh, an occasion when people began to experience a baptism in the Holy Spirit. People began speaking in tongues and exercising gifts of the Holy Spirit. There was prophecy and healings, and there were tongues and interpretation and, and discernment of spirits. And, and people were rejoicing to have this new outpouring, energizing them for Christian service. And it was part of a global outpouring of God's Spirit. It was in North America, South Africa, India, on the continent of Europe, in Wales and elsewhere, all over the place. Those who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit were, were identified as Pentecostals because it was similar to the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 on the day, the Jewish day of Pentecost, where there was an outpouring of the Spirit and speaking in tongues. And so we were became, began called the Pentecostal movement. Some called it the tongues movement. Well, the Pentecostals were enthusiastic, energetic. They wanted everybody to have their experience. And they promoted it, crusaded it. But unfortunately, a lot of church leaders resisted. And m the majority of Pentecostals were forbidden to come and worship in their own churches. They were excommunicated and pushed out. But they felt a commitment to continue to fellowship together as small Pentecostal groups in their homes and in rented halls. But they had power now. They had energy. They had passion. And they began to evangelize. They began to get involved with missions. And they scattered globally. And eventually the Pentecostal movement became known as the third force in Christendom. Global impact. I don't think that God planned for the formation of Pentecostal church denominations. I really do believe that God wanted it to be a movement, a Holy Spirit movement for all the churches. But, and, and it was a shame that the Pentecostals had to denominate. But they've now become a, a very powerful force. And it was heady. It was wonderful. It was a move of God. Now, some of the Pentecostal distinctives are that they emphasized the baptism in the Holy Spirit as another experience subsequent to conversion to empower you for Christian service. They emphasized the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They, they emphasized the Word of God. They preached the Word of God. And don't say that Pentecostals are light on the Word of God. Every believer was expected to read the Bible. They had Bible studies. They loved Bible teaching. They also loved worship, and they loved Jesus, passionate about Jesus. They were strong on holy living and separating yourself from the things of the world, so much so that we almost became a, a subculture in our, in, in, in our communities. Passionate about evangelism. Every Sunday night was a 
gospel service. We called it the simple gospel service. We wanted to get people saved. We had open airs. We had track distribution. We did house visitation. Passionate for evangelism and for missions. And the amount of giving for missions and the praying, special prayer meetings for, for missionaries. And so the whole movement grew and grew. There were families of churches, a wonderful sense of community that was developed, and the departments for youth and children and women's and that, just a, a lovely dynamic. It was, it was, they were heady days, wonderful. Now, at the same time as the Pentecostal denominations were beginning to form, the apostolics got their own revelation, a unique revelation from God, uh, about the headship of Jesus in the church. And the apostolics claim to have something more than the Pentecostals. In fact, we would sometimes say, we are not Pentecostal. We're apostolic. Yeah. Some of the catchwords and the slogans of the movement were, the apostolic movement has divine government. And it was declared, we have the headship of Christ. Stated almost as though we were the only church that recognized Jesus as the head of the church. We believed in the ascension gift ministries. We believed that Jesus was leading and heading his church through apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And, and we declared that we had the vision glorious, or the apostolic vision. And we had the statement, the slogan, the vision will belt the globe. The vision of Jesus as head of the church, leading and guiding and directing his church through the ascension gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We were the only church that were doing it at that time. In fact, the Pentecostals wouldn't have much to do with us because they thought we were so presumptuous and arrogant to name people as apostles and prophets. So we were a bit of an island, really, because the evangelicals didn't want us, the Pentecostals didn't want us. Well, we <laughs> Irene's mother and my mother were pen pals. And we occasionally met over the years. And when I was in our, my early teens, our family moved to Hastings. And uh, Irene's mum wrote a letter to the apostolic pastor in Hastings, Ivor Cullen, and said, if you visit this family, they may come to your church. So in the early 50s, uh, our church became connected with the apostolics. My mother wrote to Trevor Wilson's mother here in Hamilton and told Jeff Wilson about the apostolic movement. And so the Jeff and Marjorie Wilson and Trevor and his whole family, they came and joined this church. It wasn't quite like this then, but uh, they joined the church. So Trevor and Margaret Lynch, who was in the church at the same time, they met as kids. Well, there's a story there. <laughs> and so it's good that we have got people with longevity like that in our church, isn't it? Alongside the development of denominations throughout church history, there have been renewal movements that transcended the denominational barriers and borders and they influenced the whole section, whole of Christendom. And some of the renewal movements I've got on the PowerPoint there, there was the contemplative movement, the holiness movement, incarnational, 
evangelical, social justice, and, and the charismatic movements. And I believe that the Pentecostals should have been a movement that transcended the, all the denominations. And it's a shame that they had to actually denominate the way that they did. But the renewal movement that most affects us as Pentecostals is the charismatic renewal. In the 1950s, all of us as evangelicals and Pentecostals were praying for revival. Most churches had a revival prayer meeting. And every time that there was an international speaker like Leonard Ravenhill or Edwin Moore, we would all go, flock to hear these people. Now, I think we were all caught by surprise the way God answered that prayer for renewal and revival. Because in the 1970s, God began pouring out his spirit upon evangelical and traditional churches. But instead of them joining the Pentecostals, as they had been forced to do in the past, they stayed within their denominations. And they became known as the Charismatics, the Charismatic Movement. So Charismatics are people who are Pentecostal, have just stayed in their own churches and they're all over the world and I can remember being as a Pentecostal asked to speak to many charismatic groups and being involved in the Christian advanced summer schools that were held every year they were heady days wonderful so in summary some of the major renewal movements are first of all the Protestant Reformation led by Luther and Calvin and others, the Protestant Reformation that restored the word of God into the hands of God's people. And then there came the, the Pentecostal revival and the charismatic movement that restored the ministry of the Holy Spirit into the hands of God's people. And then there's now coming a recognition of the fivefold ascension gift ministries, the one the, the revelation that the apostolics had uh, over a hundred years ago is now being recognized throughout the whole of Christendom. And this is a, a revival of empowering the people of God so that we can put the ministry back into the hands of the saints. So we're the ministers now, not just the professional that stands up at the front. We're all ministers and we're getting a revelation now that the kingdom rule of God can be restored upon earth through us. And God is at work with us. And I want to now present to you a, a scenario of where we're heading, of what's happening. Because it's all progressive. Remember, Peter said, there's going to be a restoration of all things. Thank God for the Protestant movement. Thank God for the Pentecostal movement. Thank God for the, for the apostolic renewal movement. Thank God for all those. But there's more. There's more. Uh, there's more. There's something that I can't contain and I can't control. I want more of you, God. Amen. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, I want to read to you what Paul said to the Christ Christians in Thessalonica. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered together to meet him. 
Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them. Even if they claim to have a spiritual vision, a revelation or a letter supposedly from us, don't be fooled by what they say. For that day will not come. That day will not come. The second coming of Jesus will not come until there's a great rebellion against God. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. He will exalt himself and defy every, everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God, claiming that he himself is God. See, the God is describing, the Bible describes for us a battle that's going on in the universe. God's original intention is that he should fill every human being, that every human being should be full of God's Holy Spirit and manifesting and demonstrating, reproducing the life of Jesus here on earth. That's the, that's the intention of God. You know, the devil has got exactly the same intention. He wants to get every, every human being filled with a demon, evil spirits dominating and controlling, and by that means he can have global domination. That's what the devil's intention is. So the battle is a spiritual battle, and we need to become alert to that and become engaged with that. I believe that this century will see an increase in spiritual activity in New Zealand. We've been in a, a very secular nation in the past without any recognition of the spiritual dimension, but in the last two or three decades, we've seen a shift in that. When I grew up, Maori tanga was just myth and superstition and other things. But nowadays, these things are taken quite seriously. So in government departments, I will open with a karakia, and more and more people through the media, through television, through, through, through the th cinema, we are seeing a recognition of spiritual activity, and people are accepting it more and more in the world. And just as the world is turning to the spiritual more, we as Christians need to turn up more and more to God for supernatural help, for spiritual help. Now, the Bible talks about polarization in the last days. It talks about the great contrast between light and darkness, good and evil, pictures wheat and tares growing together until the final harvest. So we're going to have more of the supernatural. I recognize that with some people, Supernatural, spiritual topics are considered exotic doctrines. And I can, I can encourage you this morning that you, you, you don't need to see a vision uh, or have an angelic visitation to get to heaven. Uh, you don't need to hear prophecy or hear tongues and interpretation. You can get to heaven without those things. You can even get to heaven with a sick body. But you can't get to heaven with a sick soul. And uh, the main thing is to preach faith, to preach love, to live good lives and be kind. Those are the important things. We recognize that. But that doesn't rule out the extraordinary dimension. Christianity does involve a spiritual and a supernatural element. And Christianity is only effective when the supernatural dynam dynamic is there. And we should be expecting and experiencing more of God. 
Because the initiation to Christian faith is by a spiritual encounter. Nicodemus came to Jesus seeking for information and understanding, and Jesus said to him, John chapter 3, verse 3, I tell you the truth, Nicodemus, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. You need a spiritual rebirth. And our Christian ministry is most effective when there's a supernatural dynamic of God confirming any preaching of the word with signs and wonders. Jesus relied on that. Acts 2, verse 22, Peter said to the men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. And then in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, this is a favorite of mine. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus relied on the supernatural. And we should too. Paul did. The uh, ministers of the New Testament. Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Uh, Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest in men's wisdom, but on God's power. This is the nature of our faith. In Romans chapter 15, verses 17 to 19, Paul makes this statement. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I've said and done, by power by the power of signs and miracles, through the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem all the way around Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. He preached the full gospel, signs and wonders. Now it's our turn. It's our turn. There's a restoration happening. And we carry on with all that God has restored so far. And I thank God for what the testimony of the apostolic churches is over the last centenary, which they are celebrating right now in Cheltenham. And our pastor is there, catching the spirit of it. I celebrate all that's happened in the past, but I'm looking forward to more things. I want more of God. There's a restoration process going on. So God has said, our Lord has said, John 14, 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to my Father. Greater things. I want more of God. In Acts 2, verse 14 to 21, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he proclaimed the message. God is pouring out his Spirit upon all flesh. He'll speak prophecy. He will pour out a spirit upon all those afar off, even as those that are called by my name. And that includes us. Brothers and sisters, there's a supernatural dynamic for us to begin to encounter, to engage in, and to live in. God's promised an increase in our lives, an outpouring of God's spirit accompanied with the gifts of the spirit and healings and miracles and prophecies and dreams and visions. 
brothers and sisters, consider yourself a candidate for these things and begin to seek God for them. We should be stopping apologizing and rationalizing like so many, so many are trying to do. We should be embracing these things and have an expectation of it. Let's release God's supernatural ability in our lives. And we had that this morning. We saw God's Holy Spirit anointing brothers and sisters. I mean, it didn't matter. It took extra time. We were encountering God. That's what we ought to do every service. Amen. Well, I want you to give God a, a chance to work a miracle in your life and to position yourselves in the future. But as I wrap up, I want to talk to you. To those of you here who have not begun this journey, because God is inviting you to join an exciting, fulfilling, thrilling life of supernatural life, spiritual activity. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'd like you to do that this morning. Don't leave this building without connecting with the God and relating with him. After all, our whole initiation to Christianity is through a spiritual rebirth. As Jesus said to Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. See, we were created with a, a human spirit. A human spirit was, which was designed to be a container for God's Holy Spirit to come into our lives. Unfortunately, sin and rebellion and individualism has, has blocked the work of God's Spirit in our life. And we need to repent of our sin. We need to turn away from it. Change our mind about it. Reject it. And we need to turn to the Lord Jesus. We need to believe in him and receive him into our lives and make him our Savior and our Lord. And I want us to pray that that will happen. And if you've never prayed a prayer like that, I want you to join with everybody else as they repeat this prayer after me. And I want you all to pray this prayer, good and loud, and I want you to join in. And if you've never prayed this prayer before, I'll be asking you afterwards to indicate to me that, yes, today I did it. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So let's pray together, shall we? Dear Father in heaven, I thank you for loving me and sending your Son to earth to show me what you are really like and to die on the cross for my sins. I'm sorry for the wrong things I have done and ask you to please forgive me. I'm finishing with those things and I want to make a new start. Lord Jesus, please come into my life and change me forever. I want to live for you and follow you and be the person you want me to be. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Renew my mind and show me what you want me to do. Thank you for hearing my prayer. 
I accept your forgiveness and confess that you are now my Lord. Amen. Now I just want to look across the congregation and inquire if you're able to respond. Would you just raise your hand, wave it to me to indicate that you're making this decision. We'd like to do that because we want people to support you and pray for you. So if you made that decision this morning to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, to follow him and live for him, would you like to raise your hand, catch my attention? I'm just making another, casting my eyes across the congregation again, across the back, to my right, giving you that opportunity. God's Holy Spirit will continue to speak to you. And I pray that if you haven't already made that decision, that before the day ends, you will make the prayer and say, Jesus, I receive you. I choose to live for you. So, Father in heaven, I thank you for your presence here. Thank you that you've touched each life and inspired us and empowered us. And we pray that as we go out into the world, we will know the anointing of the Pentecostal power in our lives, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Thank you, Pastor Rex. Let's give Rex a great hand.